the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Say that every year, but the third quarter is in the books. Taking a look at the end of the third quarter, it's been a very bumpy ride for investors. After a two-month, a 17% rally in the S&P 500, the index headed down slope, wiping out its June lows. And instead of a bear market down 20%, turning into a bull market up 20% from its bottoms, it just stayed in a bear market and went back down and took out the lows. I'm pretty okay with that because historically, that's what happens. More often than not, a bear market is not a, a friendly, oh, it's over. And like you're, you're an hour 10 into a horror movie and you know there's 20 minutes left and the bad guy has been killed. You're like, it's over. We got 20 minutes of like kissing and, and loving on each other. No, 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 no. Bear markets rarely end at the one hour, 10 minute event in a movie. It's been a tough, tough, tough time to find winners. Similar discretionary and energy shares rose during the quarter, but both plummeted from recent highs. Only one third of the S&P 500 individual companies are set to finish the quarter in the green. That means the breath is pretty bad. Two-thirds of stocks are down. The quarter taught tough, tough lessons for beginner investors, amateur investors, and even seasoned investors. You can't predict the future. Talking to professionals about the third quarter takeaways and getting some nuggets here and there is kind of my job. Stay nimble. Don't try to call the bottom. Get ready for a doozy of an earnings season. So third quarter means September's over. And in October, we find out what happened in the third quarter. Um, do you want to be a hero and say, you know, hey, I'm pretty sure this is the bottom? Or do you want to be a hero and go, I'm going to wait till it goes back up 20% and leave a lot on the table? I don't know. You have to decide what's appropriate for you. <clears throat> the moves have been violent. What we discussed in June, at the end of the second quarter, we're discussing in August. You're not going to call a bottom in your lifetime. Or as someone once told me, I called three bottoms. I got one of them right. I, I don't think that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, it's funny to say out loud, but it is okay. It's not too far from the truth. Many strategists have scrambled to cut their year-end forecast in the light of the worsening fundamentals. Goldman Sachs cut their year-end target on the SP500 to 3,600 from 4,300. It's tough to predict what's going to happen in the final 90 days of the year. There's no way that you're going to feel a bottom is in 
I don't think so until we see the VIX go up to a reading of 40. And that basically means the average investor has to get crushed out. I think we are, we're seeing a little bit of a sign of the average investors crushed out. Kim Kardashian got fined a million dollars by the SEC for her BS that she spit out on Instagram about cryptocurrencies. That's kind of a good sign. You're looking for things like that. But again, I, I need the market to really have a day where we turn off the television at we turn off CNBC, we turn off Bloomberg, we don't listen to a Rob Black podcast for a week. We need something like that to really clean the system to like go, I hate stocks. I mean, I really, really hate stocks. I'd punch a stock in the face if I came over. The Fed has clarified its intentions to keep raising rates. Given the next policies meeting isn't until November 2, so about a month from now. Pros have their sights firmly fixed on earnings. Because that's what happens in the month of October. We reflect on the last 90 days and we get a report card. The fact of the reality is that um, third quarter, we're going to see about 3.2% earnings growth. That's the lowest growth rate since third quarter of 2020. As of last Friday, 64 S&P 500 companies had issued negative earnings guidance for the third quarter, while just 41 issued positive. Keep in mind, we have a pretty healthy job market on one hand. We have an unhealthy job market on the same hand. And what I mean by that is we have a lot of job openings. And there's a feeling on Wall Street that employers are holding on to employees because they need the warm bodies. They're trying to, in Meta and Google's case, they're saying, look, we may have to fire you because your job is not making us that much money but there's other jobs in the company that we want you at so on one hand there's people in the job getting paid but on the other there's more important job openings in the economy that we want filled um and for every job opening for versus every unemployed it's two to one it's a very high number it's a problem that says we have a worker shortage in america it's another reason why we should be talking immigration policies and not be afraid of letting people into our country because we can have a more robust economy if we filled those jobs. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be careful what I say here. But every now and then you'll hear governments talk about how many visas they let in from foreign countries to come into the United States and work or go to colleges. Um, those are typically high paying jobs. So strategists are on the lookout this week for the start of earnings season, pretty much so next week. And we have a little bit of an economic calendar to work with this week. Personal income, which is month over month. That's today. Personal spending, real personal spending. We get the PCE deflator as well and today we get earnings out of carnival now i often joke about my desire or my hatred my lack of desire for cruises um i don't know what it is i don't know if they're big boats and they don't really encourage you to be part of the local 
vacation experience. Uh, you're just stuck with a lot of Americans on a boat going from port to port. You get off of the port and you do something fun like hit a restaurant or do something fun like go on a bicycle ride. I'd rather be immersed in a culture, but that's me. I'm talking too much about it and I'm making the show all about me, 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 me. But Carnival's going to give us a good idea on life after COVID. Where are we sitting? Um, now that cruises say you don't have to be vaccinated, they're taking reservations from anyone who wants to get on board. All aboard. It's going to be an interesting week. Um, third quarter was rough. Third quarter was a, t- a doozy. Um, there was no respite in any way, shape, or form. And I'm okay. It's it's definitively not ideal. But we've seen some really good companies get hit pretty hard. And I would say one of the more important ones that we saw get ha- hit hard in the third quarter was Apple. Um, as of one week ago today, Apple was still up in 12, on a 12-month basis in a bear market. That's unacceptable. My biggest position is in shares of Apple, and I'm pulling for it to pull back. But I'm also pulling for the company to use some of their cash to buy back their shares at lower levels. So one week ago, Apple was still up for the year, and Tesla as well. Uh, Tesla reported er- uh, deliveries on, over the weekend, and they had the AI day, which... It did feature a pretty cool robot. Um, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I do have an event coming up in November. Excited to get out there post-COVID and talk. More on that. Sign up at robblackshow.com. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the more dramatic things we saw as the third quarter closed out were for a lot of analysts to come out and say it's going to get worse. Where were they at the start of the year? It's a big question. It's a fair question. But one of them is uh, CNBC had a big conference last week. And when you have a big conference, you get big names. And you get big names, you expect them to say things are going to get better, things are going to get worse, right? So one of the analysts had a, a very negative outlook on the next 10 years. And I I think you have to take the good and bad here. Keep in mind that in the last 15 years, we've had incredibly low interest rates. And I've said numerous times on this air that some of the things that have made money are things you may not think about. You can go, well, Rob, you, you certainly picked a nice time to go long on Apple and Microsoft. And you you got video games theme investing right. You've made money in names like NVIDIA. Um, I've done pretty well. But I'm also going to be honest, that's just part of the game. The low interest rate environment has helped a lot of people make money in real estate and in stocks. Now that we're no longer in a ridiculously low interest rate environment. We're in a much more normalized. And it's funny because when I come on air and I talk about six and a half percent mortgages, people are like, that's a bit, that's, I can't buy a house at that number. And you turn, open up USA Today, you turn on CNBC, you listen to a little Bloomberg podcast and you hear people are canceling 
orders on homes at a record pace. Like, I want to buy that house. And then they're like, oh, I changed my mind. I don't want to buy that house. It's become way too expensive recently. So as people pulled out, we're looking at the interest rate and saying, ah, that's the culprit. But 6.5% isn't historically high. My first mortgages were in the 10 to 12% categories. And I say first mortgages because I had to get two. I didn't have enough for a down payment. So I got what's called a second mortgage, which was a down payment on the first mortgage. I took out a loan to take out a loan. How ridiculous does that even sound, right? Um, I'm not that worried about the housing market at this point in time. I think housing is very susceptible to a 20% correction across the board in the United States, more in some areas that have been speculative and frothy. And that sounds incredibly painful, and it will be for some. But I believe that many Americans took out record low mortgage rates, refinanced at record low mortgage rates, and their balance sheet is in a much better condition than if you're taking out a mortgage now. At a higher interest rate is a killer. And if you're asking me, would I rather own a home at a record low mortgage rate or would I rather own at a 20% correction in price? I'll take either. But if I'm going to be buying at a record price, I want a record low mortgage rate. And I want it locked in for 30 years in good economy and bad economy. So a lot of talking heads are making noise out there right now. Wharton professor Jeremy Siegel says predictions of a lost decade in the stock market are unfounded and 6% annual returns are likely after inflation. Um, that sounds a lot better than Dr. Doom. Again, it, companies are going to borrow money at record low rates. It's way easier to make money on that debt at record low rates than it is at a 6.5% rate or a 10% rate. And Jeremy Siegel said 6% annual returns after inflation. So he's factoring in inflation, which is nice. But last week, we got Stanley Drunkenmiller and Ray Dalio talking about a lost decade where things will be virtually flat, similar to the 1970s. And Siegel comes on and goes, no, 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 no. Um, yes, I understand the geopolitical tensions with Russia. I understand the general volatility in global currency markets. But he believes enough is enough. That he thinks there's value to intellectual property. He says, I disagree with it completely that the Dow or SP 500 would be flat over the next 10 years, arguing there's great value in the current stock market prices. When you're talking about 16 times earnings, and even if they're clipped by a recession, he sees absolutely excellent values. Though he admitted anything can happen in the short term. Could he go down more? Of course. In bear markets, it has gone down more historically. In the short term, investor concerns are increasingly focused on the Federal Reserve, what they're doing with interest rates as they continue to aim for lower inflation. The Fed is looking forward, whereas you, the investor, is looking at the now. They have to look forward and they have to see what's going on in the housing market, in the rental market, in the commodities market. All this uncertainty ultimately represents a great opportunity for a long-term investor. 
say 10 years from now, we're going to have the same Dow when the earnings yields that I see on the market show that your returns are going to probably be in the neighborhood of 6% per year after inflation. So Jeremy Siegel, yes, he is Wharton. Yes, he is a talking head. Yes, he is paid to have an opinion and go out and express it on channels like CNBC and Bloomberg. He says, we're down 25% from the peak. You're not starting at the peak. And at that peak, you're not starting at levels that are particularly overvalued. You're starting from a position, certainly not the cheapest that we've ever had, but certainly economic circumstances are not all negative. Given the low unemployment rate and the resilient consumer spending, he said, it's not wrong to say the current economic circumstances look nowhere near as dire as they did in 2009. He says, I see another 15% downside, and then I'm going to load up. And he's talking about other people. He's including them in his commentary. He's not calling out Ray Dalio by name or Stanley Drunkenmiller. But when he says a lot of these people, um, he sees a lot of short-term focus and then a long-term rally. His experience is when people get out and then it starts going down, they don't get back in until it's much, much higher. He said, try to, to set yourself up intelligently. It's getting back in. That's the hardest part. I got an email over the weekend from someone who's living on his 401k. And he's like, I don't know what to do. Um, if I pull it out now, I feel like I'm selling low. But he has to take required distributions. I'm like, okay. You're going to need to sit down with a CFP and come up with a nice, intelligent plan on what to sell. Your riskier stuff or your safer stuff. And that's going to take a plan, a conversation, not a gut feeling. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Kind of going over where we're at right now, setting you up for the week ahead. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. Don't forget, I got an event coming up in November. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Now back to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. A lot of people kind of become amateur investors, especially in a bull market. They confuse their brains with being smart. Um, one of the things that sometimes we try to be too smart, in my opinion, what's the next big tech? Is it the metaverse? I don't think it is. I think it's going to be something simpler, like a battery that lasts three days on your phone. I was reading a nice review on the Apple Watch Ultra, which is a really expensive piece of gadgetry at roughly $800. It's being marketed to serious athletes, explorers, scuba divers, intense hikers, marathon runners. It's doing new ways of exploring your stride. Okay. Cute. It's got a new compass feature. It's got a water depth sensor for divers. Um, but mostly I think the reviewer was impressed with the upgraded battery, the improved screen visuals, the action button, a better microphone and speaker, and ultimately a more rugged design. Um, having the ability to wear your watch for 36 hours instead of 18 
where you don't have to stress over the charge overnight or you are able to keep it on and better monitor your sleep patterns so you can try to get an improved sleep in the future. It's really sometimes it's the simpler things that are the, the big advances. He's like, it's really, really, he, he almost sounded like he was ready to cry. He's like, it's really refreshing not to worry about the battery drain. Um, he liked the pricing point. Talked at $799. It's the exact same price as the 45 millimeter Apple Watch Series 8. So he was excited that Apple is not increasing the price on it. Um, he talked a little bit about the temperature sensor. He thinks, you know, it'd be nice if at some point in time it does actual show you your real temperature versus trends of you're getting warmer, you're getting cooler. Um, but he didn't really say much about the emergency SOS or the ability to make a satellite call. He didn't really talk about that as much as he did. It was nice to keep on for 36 hours. And you and I, we can sit there and go, I wonder if we can get a robot to be our, our buddy. That's I want to invest in robot buddies. No, no, no. How about something that works? for 36 hours. I think that was pretty intelligent of a review. When uh, He picked up what we wanted. He explained what the average user wants. And I don't know if you have this, but I have it for sure. There's a corner in my kitchen that has a USB-C charger. It's got a lightning charger. It's got a watch charger. It's And it's just honestly... Um, I dated a younger woman 15 years ago, and she said one of the most brilliant things to me. Um, we were age difference about 10 years, and uh, she goes, can you buy me a tablet? I'm like, sure. Well, which tablet do you want? She's like, Amazon. She goes, I don't like books. She goes, see that bookshelf? I, I want that gone. And for her, it was getting rid of the clutter. Her life through technology would get better by getting rid of clutter. She's the same person that when I opened her refrigerator, it had no food in it. And I was like, where's all your food? And she just had alcohol in her fridge. I was like, party girl, nice. And she's like, I I only like fresh food. So she was the type that would at lunch go to Whole Foods and get a salad there. Beautiful woman, very healthy. Um. But she liked fresh foods and she didn't like clutter. She wanted a TV wall mounted so she didn't see the cords. Um, I get it. Isn't it funny how like that's what we're really aiming for? Oh, let's move forward, shall we? First and foremost, I do have an event coming up in November that I would love for you to come to. You can find out more about it. It hasn't been announced officially, but it will be announced at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. And hopefully if a lot of people come in November, I'll do five or six of these next year. Um, They're free, but I, I kind of want to see people if I'm going to drive 45 minutes and you know get ready to give a speech on holdings and directions in the market kind of thing. VW unveiled a fully autonomous EV concept that lets passengers sleep horizontally. Uh, Okay. 
Volkswagen appears, let me see if I can say this correctly. They appear to be set to really take on Tesla. Some of the concept cars aren't just that. They're just concepts that will never be made into anything further. But they unveiled a fully autonomous concept EV designed to enable passengers to sleep horizontally. The concept aims to test how level five automation could change a passenger's travel experience. Concept car doesn't simply test how level five automation where a car operates without human input. Um, It's also designed to test what features could be available for passengers once the technology becomes more widely available. Do we really want to sleep while our car is driving us? That's a really good question. I don't like where this is going. Um, but VW says that the car, it's called Gen Dot Travel, will let passengers sleep horizontally and could pose an alternative to short haul flights in the future. Okay. So the idea is you get in your car, you fall asleep, the car drives you six, seven, eight hours, 50 miles an hour. You're basically, you know, from here to LA overnight while you're sleeping. Again, is this what we need? Or is it just a concept to say, look, we're a cool company too. We may not have the robots that Tesla has, but we're we're pretty cool too. The interior has no steering wheel or controls. It provides many possibilities for how the cabin would be laid out. It is an industrial designer's dream to work on things like this. They're trying to create more room around and offering the ability to sleep. It has the idea of having the advantage of not having to take care of the car. The car has been designed from the inside out on what passengers would want. Um, it's minimalistic. It's modular. Um, I guess it's nice to see. Um, I don't know. It's uh, Lighting can be adjusted depending on the mood. VW has given a lot of consideration on the car's exterior and how could it it impact the experience within. The windows are designed to give passengers as much of a view as possible regardless of where they're sitting. The panoramic windshield is a nod to history. It was inspired the Rumpler. The Rumpler drop car, named after its raindrop shape, which was presented at the German Motor Show in Berlin in 1921. So the industrial designers at VW got behind a car from 1921 that was just basically it was a, f- a flat chassis car and on the top it was almost like a it looked like kind of like a coffin of glass so everywhere was window on the top part of uh, basically for what, what for waist up was a whole window um i don't know i do like car shows from the what is possible angle I'm not a classic car enthusiast. I'm not a hot rod guy. I don't see a, a, a Rivian on the car into the road and go, wow, I really want that. Although I will say, I've seen a couple Rivians recently. Um, they're a Tesla competitor. They're lovely looking vehicles. The fear that I have with Rivian and why I'm not going to get one is I don't think they're terribly well financed. And if you're going to drop fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars on a car, you want that car company to stay in business so you can get parts in the future. Um, I don't have any reason to say don't get a Rivian, other than I'm going to wait to see if they're a real player after two or three years. 
Tesla will be around. And if I were a young man without the ability to go to college, I would strongly, strongly urge myself to repair and to look into EV vehicles as maybe a career. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, podcasts are getting a lot of marketing dollars sent their way right now. For many who have listened to the podcast Serial way back in 2014 and learned of the tale of Adnan's odd murder conviction, it seemed like justice was finally served. Serial was fascinating for another reason. The show launched podcasting into the stratosphere. I've been podcasting this radio show for over 20 years. Um, but at one point in time, it was just a download, which was kind of weird to think about. Um, MailChimp was the big advertiser on Serial, uh, the podcast Serial. And it's worthy of note that there's now multiple advertisers in the world of podcasting. So um, each week, more Americans listen to podcasts than have Netflix counts. 80 million Americans uh, are podcast listeners. Podcast listeners have grown almost 30% in the past three years. Podcast listeners tune in an average of eight shows per week. What are you listening to other than me? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Not a lot of IPOs to talk about, which is a good thing. IPOs take up attention and dollars. A lot of companies are saying, you know what, we're, we don't want to come out now. If you take a look at last two years, it's been really brutal. On new companies that came public in an initial public offering, as well as it's been really brutal on companies being tied towards um, SPAC deals, where a publicly traded company has a, a checkbook cash. They have no product. They're in the business of finding a company that wants to come public overnight without vetting its finances, which I tend to say is a really bad idea. My personal opinion on IPOs is I think you should have some standards, that guidelines that you feel very comfortable with. Um, for instance, you could say, I want to see how the company does for one year as a publicly traded company, or it could be three years as a publicly traded company. That gives you a little bit of time to see how does management do in a good economy, maybe in a bad economy. How does management do in a full year of projections? Are they consistent? And then you feel a little bit more comfortable throwing your, your money their way. Um, Peloton is a company I avoided because it didn't meet my standards. They came public during the pandemic. Perfect time. Perfect time. Um, right before the pandemic is when people started hearing about Peloton. And you would listen to a show like a Howard Stern and uh, he goes, yeah, that buy that exercise bike. It's and they got their exercise bikes in the right hands of people who were influencers who could talk about them. But I wanted to see how the company would do a year, two years in. 
not the short-term fad. Yes, I would have left a lot of money on the table, but it also forced me to find other opportunities that I felt more comfortable with. If you have any stock in your portfolio that you're uncomfortable with, I say that should be your first one you think about getting rid of. Peloton's going to put its bikes in every Hilton-branded hotel in the United States. Um, It's going to put bikes in 5,400 Hiltons in the United States. Partnership with Hilton includes all 18 of the hospitality giants hotel subsidiaries like the Hampton Inn and Doubletree. Uh, it's the latest broad effort to expand the consumer base. Partnership will provide at least one bike to each hotel, including locations of the 18 hospitality subsidiaries that uh, Hilton owns. I don't know if I, okay, I'm going to be a little snobbish here. I don't know if I go to a Hampton Inn and say, oh, gee, I really want to get on that new Peloton bike. And if there's one, is there really a point in doing this? So this starts like a headline, like, oh, they're going to, they're really building on quite a footprint. Uh, Hilton says, you know, partnership will equal, you know, another 1.6 million Peloton rides. Um. And some people, their first experience might be while on vacation, seeing the Peloton going, oh, let me give it a try. So I get the business model and you do too. But I don't know if that's a transformative story as much as it jumps off the page that says, read me, read me. Credit Suisse, a big financial company, is doing a big restructuring. This is something we need to see. Job cuts. Uh, the Swiss bank's executives are in talks with major investors to reassure them about rising concerns. Um, when you're a big company like a Credit Suisse and you're a financial institution, what you really worry about are defaults on loans. So credit default swaps provide investors with protection against financial risks such as default. So for them to come out and go down 10% today, it's suggested a big restructuring and we'll, we haven't heard the size of the employees at this point in time, but that's kind of what the economy needs right now is like maybe a quarter of companies coming out and saying, you know, wow, that sure went bad fast. And we've decided we're going to cut 10% of our workforce and the unemployment will start to creep up. And when unemployment starts to creep up, prices come down fast. Um, just throw that out there for you. Tesla shares are dipping after third quarter production and deliveries report. Nothing really. I'm not going to say nothing to see here. They reported 343,000 total deliveries. They're expected to report 365,000. So that was a pretty big mess. Um, so the shares are down 7% today on that news. Is this your opportunity? If you believe in the long term, it could be. Total production on a year-over-year basis was quite impressive. They made 258,580 cars. They produced 19,935 of its more expensive Model S and X vehicles. 345,000, almost 346,000 of its more popular Model 3 and Y vehicles. Um, 
One analyst I saw this morning maintained his buy rating, said the company will continue to benefit from the long-term shift to electric vehicles, while a JP Morgan analyst kept it as an underweight, saying that earnings were a miss. Um, I just see it as a very high-flying, expensive stock in a market that does not like high-flying, expensive stocks. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. I will do an interview long form today that won't be on the air, but will be on my podcast at the end of the week on Friday. And it will be on YouTube channel Rob Black Show tomorrow at this time, maybe even tonight. You can find that at YouTube, then type in Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.